Hey everybody, just wanted to let you know that next week is going to be a very, very special day for us. It's going to be our 69th episode. Nice! Uh, yes, a number that I just <laughs> love. And uh, we, got, we have special guests. That's the thing. So, so I'm not a big 69 guy. I'm a very big 69 guy. I know you are. Um, however, I'm bought into the hype just because we're going to have some very special guests. We're going to have a Minnesota soccer legend, Alan Willie, on the podcast alongside his uh, his former compatriots, uh, you know, longtime soccer guy. Yep. Uh, uh, Chris Lidholm, friend Freq- of the podcast. Yeah, frequent Dave. Dave's I know guest. Um, <laughs> frequent, yeah. But most importantly, Alan Willie <laughs> on the so, podcast. So we're going to I think we're going to we're going to be able to do some fun stuff with them. We've got legends in the house. So please. Don't forget to check us out next week and help us celebrate our 69th episode. Yeah. I can't believe we've been doing this long. <laughs> and here we are. Send, 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 send questions now for, for Alan Willie, for Crystal at home. Or we're hopefully going to get him to, to tell some tales uh, from, you know, inside the, uh, inside the box. Tales, yeah. uh, maybe Alan Willie's days with the kicks. Um, but, yeah, so if you have questions specifically related to those guys or just generally you want some soccer advice, uh, shoot them our way at TDIKMN. You can hit you know me at texas l or a regular david um on twitters if you want um but yeah let us know and we'll uh we'll be doing this next week episode 69 guys <laughs>
yeah, let more teams in, and there's more teams on the bubble and stuff like that. You know, you never get a team like Minnesota that's got some chemistry. They might make a run. Who knows? You know, if anybody's gonna make a run, it's Minnesota. But they haven't made a run all year. (laughs) Anyway, so we're done talking about games that literally have already happened by the time that you will have listened to this. We're gonna talk about some soccer. I wish we didn't have to. Um, (laughs) FC Dallas two, Minnesota United zero. Uh, Before we dive into the stuff. I'm going to ask you a, a, we'll call it a meta question that doesn't necessarily come into any of the questions we usually cover. Sure. What is the, in your opinion, as a fan, you're not a professional athlete, but what is the impact of having like a two plus hour delay on the game? Um, Obviously it happens for both teams. It's sure. It's not like it just yeah. affects one and not the other, but maybe does the home team have an advantage in the comfort of the I home? I think... Yeah, I mean, I think that the home side probably has an advantage in that they are more comfortable where they are. The, you know, in these in stadiums, the home, uh, the home uh, locker room and stuff is is generally nicer, more comfortable. It's you know it's familiar to them. Um, you know, I will say it's just as you know, I uh, long time ago was a bat boy for the St. Paul Saints and I mean both of those locker rooms are shitty but like the Saints <laughs> locker room this is back in the old midway like yeah. old old midway um, the Saints locker room was definitely much nicer than the shitty ass like literally it was just like yeah like metal benches uh, and you know a little place to store your fucking gloves and ball and you know uh, uniform and shit so um, I think there's definitely like sort of inherently an advantage to the home team but that doesn't necessarily you know, and, and if they sort of delay like playing baseball or whatever, like you're just gonna be rusty. Like you have a, you have a shorter warm up. Um, I know that the teams had a shorter warm up. I think that's there, the biggest yeah. issue. And what and really then it's up to what kind of coach you have, um, and can the coach <laughs> I knew you'd fucking make that. <laughs> and can the yeah. coach and the, can can the coach prepare you for that? Like listen, listen, boys, we're gonna have a shorter warm up. We gotta make sure that we're that we're that we're quick and 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 yeah. right and. You know, this is th- that would have been the perfect opportunity for the Loons to come out strong and maybe snatch a, go- a goal or two before right. you know Dallas had settled in. Luckily, I mean, or I mean, not luckily, but both teams kind of played like shit for the first you know half of the first game. Half in general was, um, was weaker, yeah. So yeah, uh, you know, we'll see. Whatever, whatever. But yeah, to answer your question, I think generally the home team, pro- the home side, depending on, especially depending on the stadium, like newer stadiums, you know, it's probably less of a, it's probably less of a advantage because they do try to make the both the locker rooms nice. I mean, obviously the home locker room is going to be a little bit nicer, but I mean, I think Would the you, home team definitely has an advantage. And you, you, and you think that delay overall does have an impact on the game then too? It's not just a sort of like you're professional athletes, you play slightly later. No, clearly. I mean, we watch. I mean, there are people, ha- athletes are he- creatures of habit. Like when I was wrestling sure, in college, sure. like I, there was a very specific routine I went through leading up to my match, and which is why like you know wrestling tournaments were like individual tournaments were always a little weird because you don't necessarily know exactly when you're going to be going when you're wrestling so like you're gonna you need so like there's definitely a lot of stuff you know things that you do mentally to prepare for a game and if you're if that's thrown off you know that really is i mean that's really about the mental you know toughness and fortitude of, of the team to be able to deal with that um and you know and really power through um you know, I don't. I don't think the Loons did terrible in that regard. But again, I think because I mean, I think both teams were were not in a good mindset. So right, it was a particularly long <laughs> delay too. Yeah, so. two hours, two and a half hours. That's 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 a long time. Game <laughs> so, happened. Yeah. Uh, my yeah. my favorite thought. I'm sure somebody had to make this joke online. I didn't make it online, but somebody had to make it. Was that um, Jeff Jeff Reuter had pointed out that the the channel had switched to 9-11 coverage and footage uh, while they were just killing time for the rain delay. He's like, I don't think this game is happening. And the joke I wanted to make was 
no, Jeff, that was the game you were watching. <laughs> Somebody had to make that joke. Yeah, Reuter was at uh, New Bohemia doing a Q&A. That oh, was, was the it? longest fucking Q&A ever. Apparently, <laughs> he started playing uh, FIFA on the big screen at New Bohemia with, with people who were in attendance for the Q&A oh, before the match. So. Uh, I, apparently not. Apparently, <laughs> apparently he got beat. So okay. that's what I heard on on the on the Twitter. So okay. I, I was at Lake Monster. I gave up and went home. And and me and uh, Notch from two United fans went and I drank Glenlivet, twenty four year old Glenlivet, and twenty four got, got really fucking drunk and watched that game. So my notes are a little sporadic. It's not a great mental place to be in. But let's let's dive into it. Let's <laughs> yeah. let's see what those notes yielded. Um, your man of the match, the best player of the game. Good luck. Jo- go yeah, for, ju- you go first. Jumping around. Um, Bobby Shuttleworth had a... Oh, no. I, I yeah, I was going to say... Yeah, look, I was going to say look, man of the match. We've, we've only done this this program for 68 like times. 68 episodes, 68 right yeah. now. So. Uh, what was your best moment of the game? <laughs> God, I f- I'm such a douchebag. <laughs> it's like, what's going on? I oh, did a, a lot of drugs. Yeah, there. well, you know, two glasses of wine will do that to you, so... <laughs> um, best moment... I mean, there. I honestly... There wasn't a best moment of the game. The fact that they blew the final whistle at, it was like, yeah, over, yeah, at you know eleven forty-five or whatever. Yeah. Um, I I didn't. There wasn't any really great moments. Bobby Shuttleworth. I mean, if you want to talk about it, you know, it leads to my man of the match, the star of the game. Um, Bobby Shuttleworth made some really good saves in the first half, kept the team in the game, especially yeah. when they were. It was kind of lollygagging. No one was really going for it. Um, you know, if Bobby's Bobby can keep you in a game for a little bit, you just got to nick a goal or two, uh, and you know, see what happens. But Unfortunately, the team was not able to do that. So I guess yeah. you know some of those early stops that Shuttleworth made were pretty ama- like pretty impressive for mm-hmm. you know. I was reading some stats, uh, American Soccer Analysis did some things uh, a couple weeks ago about Bobby Shuttleworth, and <clears throat> that you know for the most of his career he's been a sort of an average goalkeeper, but this year he's been uh, way above average in terms of stopping uh, you know expected goals. So right. which has been pretty impressive. And we I mean we can see that with our you know with the eye test too. It's not right, just right. not just some fancy stats. You can actually see that he's kind of standing on his head out there mm-hmm. most most matches for minnesota united so how about you what was your did you have one well, so and thank god that he does because uh we hardly have an elite defense in front of him so we 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 need him to do that um uh, you know so thinking about bobby's save off of i guess michael boxall's header that was <laughs> yeah you know that that turned out to be no good but you know that was a good moment there was a moment too and this was a this was a false a false positive but um, there was a moment early on when uh, when Pengop actually was racing down the left side, doing winger stuff, cut in, ended up getting a shot on goal. He 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 couldn't put it on frame, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But there was a couple of things that were positive about that that got me excited because um, I get a lot of shit about being like the pro Pengop boner, guy, which is totally not a fair way to characterize any of my feelings about Pengop. But if he's going to be out there, and we all want depth, certainly. Um, that was a good moment. Cutting in is something that uh, Sammy Nicholson used to do, uh, and we don't. We have less of that now. Uh, part of it's because now our preferred formation doesn't use exclusive wingers, which is which is positive. That's fine. Yep. But you know, you wonder. Alexi Gomez is not cutting in. Uh, Miguel Ibarra is best when he wanders. That's not the same as having a winger that cuts in. You know, all this kind of stuff. And so it was cool. Like, yeah, we got this guy who's who's going to challenge on the wing, and maybe he's better than we thought. He gets to use some of that pace. So it was a good moment. Ultimately, his night didn't double down on that kind of sentiment, but <laughs> Did I? I felt positive <clears throat> about the moment. Sure, um, it I, was it was a can, moment. You can tell I'm reaching here. It was <laughs> it not was a, a great game. It was a moment. What was uh, what was your worst moment uh, of the game? Speaking of Pangop, um, 
that second goal by Marco Berrios um, from you know the top of the box. Uh, just the positioning of Pangop and Mears there. Um, you know, and this is just a this is a feels like you know we're beating a dead horse here, and just that our 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 midfielders, our you know whatever our central defensive mids and and our wing back or our uh, fullbacks um, just give way too much space to guys who can hit the ball and hit the ball with pace. Yeah. Uh, and Barrios, you know, came in. Um, I don't think Pangop Mears knew who was marking him. Um, he just had all the space in the world, and he just put a, a ball to the far, you know, the far post that Shuttleworth had literally no chance at. And that, you know, you, you down. Uh, it, you talk about the. I don't know if you were going to talk about the the um, VAR call or whatever, but down one nothing. You know, starting the second half, you have a you have a chance. But again, Minnesota came out lackadaisical, and I think it was like nine minutes into the or twelve minutes into the second half, they gave up that second goal. And at that point, we just knew that there was no chance for Minnesota. Like, yeah. there's been games where Minnesota's gone down two nothing, and they're like, okay, well they're not playing terrible. Maybe they have a shot. You know, they could they could come back. I, I after I I think I turned a notch. I was just like, there's no way they're winning this game. Like, yeah. I, I was surprised that they only lost two nothing. Honestly, like the way Minnesota's playing. And well, they, luckily, they Dallas worse. is playing shittier, um, they, or you know, playing as shitty as Minnesota. They just right. had better. Better. better they had better chances and they actually converted on the chances that they had so yeah and uh minnesota got bad down the stretch at the end there too oh, yeah. i mean even though we were behind normally the game states will dictate that the other team's gonna lay off a little bit reduce the bunker pressure, in and a little bit of that and we had less possession down the stretch than we did any other point in the game we couldn't get it out of our own half yeah. we couldn't keep it in our own half it was yeah. insane um you know wor- worst moment i'll you know that goal stands out. Man, I kept wanting to jump to my um, my what the fuck moment. You know? um, <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing. You can. <laughs> let, let me let me let me do this. I'll, let me conflate these two. The the go, the goal earlier. I tried to, I tried to sneak a best moment out of it. Um, but but the goal that ultimately is award the first goal, which is ultimately awarded to Figueroa, um, was it was probably both. Here here's my what the fuck about it. I'll start there. Um, it the. So obviously the circumstance of it because it's it's a we think it's a goal, we think it's it's a, Bobby makes an amazing shot off of a Dallas player and then but there's yeah, a rebound yeah. and then, <clears throat> then Maynard Figueroa taps it in. Turns out on review that it was actually Michael Boxall. So they say that I guess put a header backwards on Shuttleworth who made a great save on his own guy. Same difference ends up tapping it in. The fact that. Boxall ended up being the one to put the touch on it, negated Figueroa being offside. That was how that all shook out. So the whole complexity of that is the what the fuck element of it. I think my worst feeling about it is that no matter what happened, Adrian Heath after the game tried to say, no, there's no, no, they hit it. What, he was clearly offsides. It, like, how do you know? They fucking went back to VAR. Why are you talking about it at all? How could you, from the sideline, at field level, having seen it one time live, be able to say, nah, VAR got it wrong? And what a dumb thing to pro, say. Pro literally put out a statement at halftime about that specific... But clarifying Yeah, yeah basically to yeah. say, no, they were correct. Pro literally put out a statement at halftime, and that chuckle fucker uh, just said that. I mean, uh, you know, whatever. The, Continue, the, sorry. The, the Evertonian <laughs> balls that it takes to, like, say, no, trust me. Shut up. Okay. Um, but what what made it bad for me is that it's it's another – it's not a set piece, but, it, you know, it's a similar thing. It's it's us not winning aerial balls in the box. There's no reason Michael Boxall, if he's the one that hits it, 
should be scrambling back to put a ball on his own frame. There's no reason, if it's not him, that he should be getting beat in the air. Yeah. It's just one more instance of us just total tomfoolery in the fucking air. Yeah. How no. many goals? I mean, go back and see how many goals we've given up and, and, and tally up how many of those you can say genuinely... There's no reason. I, I mean, they didn't get an amazing angle on it. It wasn't a counter where we're playing. It's just guys standing there waiting to receive a cross, and we just lose it. It's yeah. it's 50-50 <clears throat> in the air. Everybody's got an equal shot to see it, get at it, and we end up losing it. What the fuck is that? I don't know, man. That's, it's, you know, it seems like that's co- bad. It's coaching. It. Yeah. <laughs> what are those shoes they used to, they like it back in the 80s or 90s they had shoes that help you work on your vertical you know they had like big soles on them or something like that and they made your calves like get a workout you remember oh, the shoes I I'm do, talking about yes yeah i can't remember the name of them but yes i do so. buy them buy them buy them slap them well on you know the uh in the old dunord football show they used to wesson and bruce used to talk about the old iron skillet method and yeah, yeah. i think with that we definitely need to definitely bring back some iron skillet so my most what the fuck moment of the game was also part of that. It was it was the fact that it took um, so goddamn long it was on a bar long process, yeah. And then there were six plus minutes of stoppage time in the first half. Um, you know, if it's you know, they made the correct call eventually, and that is ultimately that's the point of VAR is to make the correct call. And so as I'm not gonna be, I'm not a fucking Orlando City rube and gonna be like, oh, you know, whatever. If it's not clear and concise, or uh, you know, clear and direct, like you should. We, I think maybe we're spoiled because of the World Cup, and we saw how awesome like it can be done. Well, it can be done in it can be yeah. done in a minute, maybe two. Um, there's people like they're watching. I don't know exactly who the fuck is is you know to uh, to quote uh, you know some of our favorite uh, RSL coaches if it's they're watching fucking Simpsons up in the box in New York, um, Peckies of the world. Oh <clears throat> um, you know, like, I I don't understand why there why this system it, you know takes and it's and it's it's so fucking weird. It's different in every single league. Like the Bundesliga does it really well too. Um, you know, and I, I, I mean of this of the leagues that I watch that use VAR, like mm-hmm. MLS is so bad at it yeah. and bad at it in, in the respect that it's not that they don't get the calls right because they get the calls right. Mm-hmm. You know, ninety nine you know percent of the time or ninety eight percent of the time they get the calls right. It's just it takes them so fucking long to get the call right. Um, well, and philosophically, really, a, a VAR overturn is supposed to be something that clear is clear and obvious. And, and obvious. If, and if it's if it's a clear and obvious overturn, it shouldn't take that long. No, it to should determine. take. Yeah. If it took you six minutes, then it probably wasn't. If that you clear have to go obvious. back and forth and watch and watch, yeah. you know, watch it going back and forth and back and you know, <clears> at that point, yeah, it's not clear and obvious. And you know, again, granted, the call ended up being correct in the long run. It's it's, it, I mean, and I've always been in. You know, people. I'm I'm an advocate for VAR. I think VAR should be used in, the, in, and I think it should be used for you know probably more things than it's actually used for. But the whole the caveat there is that it needs to be used correctly and it needs to be used quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need so I think what I'm arguing for is we need better training for referees using VAR. I mean, I know <clears throat> listening to a bunch of podcasts leading up to the World Cup is that you know the, the World Cup like Mark Geiger and the, and the World Cup referees had a shit ton of training on how to use VAR mm-hmm. leading up to the World Cup so that they were they were in they were spot on they knew exactly what the hell they're doing I think this is a pro issue um, and you know we've railed on on the professional referee organization in North America for a while I think they need to get their shit figured out because they're the reason it's not working as efficiently as effectively as it could mm-hmm. so yes and so basically the most of the fuck moments that we had to add six minutes of stoppage time to the right. end of the first half and game was already delayed it was just and it was just a, you know 
after a goal. It, it yeah. was just a, you know, fuck, I don't care, you know, yeah. whatever. So Howard <clears throat> Webb, the guy that leads the implementation of VAR yeah. in MLS. Yeah, so. Howard Webb. Uh, coming from a place where they refuse to use VAR <laughs> for whatever. any reason whatsoever. Whatever, I don't know. Luckily, the Carabao Cup uses, uh, uses VAR, so. The Carabao Cup? And the FA Cup use VAR. Oh, too. yeah, yeah, I forgot what the... I thought you were talking about caribou. Like, thought maybe the caribou no the league coffee. the league cupity cup 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 in cupity uh, cup yeah cupity cup 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 the the um the trophy for losers yeah um let's let's call let's call that a referee scorecard right yeah. there yeah um, we don't need we don't need a rail your, anymore your uh, Freddie Adu award for best <clears throat> player of the game well you know spoiled it earlier uh, I thought Bobby and Shuttleworth got, yeah. had his had his best oh, Shuttleworth game. yeah Shuttleworth had his best game uh, had the best game of any Minnesota United player um there's I don't think there was anybody else uh, yeah. on the like in the outfield that had a had a sniff at it, so I I had the same. And I, they gave up two goals. Yeah. If that's any indication of where we're at right now. Sure. Yeah. Goalkeeper still at the best. So you're Freddie Adu Award for the worst player possibly ever. <laughs> um, you know I you're I, gonna do it, aren't you? I'm you gonna do it. I go. I don't. I haven't done it in a while. To be fair, it was Adrian Heath. Oh, you're doing that? Oh, oh that's yeah. That's not even what I meant. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, let's let's hear the Adrian. Heath. Yeah, no, Adrian Heath. Um, he, to be fair, like he was saddled with uh, a couple suspensions. Um, Some outages. Quintero yeah. apparently, you know, hurt hurt himself in practice, so he wasn't able to play. <clears throat> you know, he definitely had some to make some changes. Um, he and he just seemed to make every single change seemed to be completely wrong. You know what's um, funny is, do you remember how much credit I gave him on last week's pod about getting the tactics? I know. Right? I, just, I went I back like, and listened to hey, it. We got to give him, sp- we got to give him this one. <laughs> he, just, he nailed it this time. You can say whatever you want about he the just, past. He and nailed he just it this time. Screwed you. <laughs> he couldn't have gotten it more wrong this time. And <laughs> it was, it was, it was terrible. It was bad tactics. Um, you know, he brought on two subs he only used two subs again in a game that why use a third why use a third sub when you're trying to make you know theoretically make the playoffs i guess that's still the thing that they that they're trying to do why use a third sub i um, bet that he, i bet that when he those few times he's used a third sub he thought he broke the rules and probably probably and then but more importantly uh, and maybe this was the 24 year old uh, glenn livet talking but did you listen did you see the the post game interview that he did with he, jamie watson it was fucking it was a it was if if that isn't, isn't making Minnesota United fans call for his fucking head, I don't know. So I don't know what will. I, I, another reminder of how far we have to go. Oh, okay. I guess we need to fire the fuckers who. Uh, you know, I'm really glad that you're just stepping in this year and a half of, of management and player acquisition. It's it, it blew my mind. And again, I, I I was again I was you know probably like probably too uh, too. Uh, Glenlivet's deep, so I was very much in enraged. But I, I woke up the next morning. I was like, you know what? I stand by that fucking tweet. So go yeah. back if you haven't. Go back and listen to the. It's it's f- infuriating. So I I, 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 re- I read his comments, and it definitely um and maybe it sounded different in the moment because right after a really depressing game, and maybe it sounded. Um, did you read different. them or did you or did you watch it? No, I, I read them. I okay, didn't, I didn't watch it to them or watch, watch it. So it's I, yeah, maybe it it's feels so fucking condescending. Different. To Minnesota soccer fans, to Minnesota United fans, to anybody who's been supporting this team, you know, at, for any time, but specifically people who've been supporting this team for for you know years, like it's it's the most it's one it was the most condescending, and I think Jamie Watt. I mean, just watching it, Jamie Watson was like embarrassed for him, and Jamie really? Watson, I love Jamie Watson. He doesn't really get embarrassed for anybody. <laughs> like, you know, I like that right. dude a lot, but like he was he was like. 
I think he was trying to he was trying to pull him out of it, just being like, you know, because he all of a sudden he was mentioning uh, Finlay and Molino and Cronin. I, that was one and thing that stood out to me. It like, was just we're like going there, and yeah, and Watson was trying to help him out and 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 give him an out, but man, it's 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 the, the arrogance that this motherfucker has is is astounding. It's astounding to me for such a shitty fucking coach and for such getting not just shitty results here. It's not like this man has a bastion of championships uh, right, in, in, in 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 you know in, in American soccer. Yeah. Um, great. You you won a couple of Division three titles with Austin, and cool. And you know you, you you know you made some USL finals. What the fuck is you know what the fuck does this guy done to to deserve the the length of rope that he has? I don't know. So I'm I, that was a that's a three minute five minute Adrian Heath rant. Adrian Heath rant. Uh, I apologize, but. Yeah, I mean that's just where I'm at with it. it's, and I've always been <laughs> driving that fucking Heath out train. I know. And it, welcome you, anybody. It's 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 a come on board. Anybody can get on board. There's always room. Yeah, yeah. there's always room. No, but that, that we'll was add, we'll the, add more cars. That was that was one of the more. So even if you're angry at one of the more carefully articulated ones, because a lot of people just like call for his head. We're losing, you know. Which which there's there's always different arguments to be made, and to 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 act like he doesn't have a, a role in player acquisition when he talks about depth and stuff like that that's that's obviously ludicrous yeah. um you know i i know he his are not the only hands on the wheel mm-hmm. but they're on there so i mean to talk about it in the passive one of the things i like about um spanish like as a language is that um a lot of things have a uh, that we would say as an active verb as a passive verb so like if you spilled milk basically you would say the milk was spilled yeah uh, instead of saying i fucking spilled it you know yeah. oh the milk was spilled you know that's like what he yeah that's m- most that's most of the that's, languages that, that's, that's uh, <laughs> and and that's kind of the heat language here too yeah. like we don't have the depth and you know, but you know it, on the flip side what is he supposed to do in the in the after game comments be like uh, he raise his hand, be like, "I didn't sign the right player." You know, that's not helping. But maybe some of that, yeah, maybe would go a long way. Maybe yeah. it does help. <laughs> you maybe, know, at least yeah. admitting, like, you know what? Like, there's yes, we not just saying another reminder of how far we have to go. It's like another reminder of the, the mistakes that we made and and the things that we'll have to do to rectify the situation. Yeah. Talk about like in in the in the in the future tense, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can talk about the past and and, and that's fine. But uh, it's just it's. Every time I hear him talk, it's just it, it just I get more and more frustrated with that. I don't think, and it's not just, and again, like you know, raging on the Heath out. So I think he is clearly not fit for this position. That doesn't mean that I don't think that Manny and Amos are like blameless here. I think mm-hmm. they are. They deserve a lot of blame, and I, mm-hmm. quite frankly, I believe that they're based on what's happened. You know, and the fact that we're gonna we're that we're giving these guys you know probably a million dollars with. All the all the goals that it, uh, Ramirez is going to score right, right. in the next uh, two transfer window or four transfer windows, like we're going to give these guys a million dollars to shape to the do team, what was, scares yeah. the fucking shit out of me. Yeah. Honestly, it scares the fucking shit out of me because I don't think these guys have a vision or a plan for what this team should look like, sure. other than what he said, which is like the four two three one. And I think all he just fucking walks around the Minnesota United front office just saying four two three one four two three one, and everybody's like, okay, four two three one. I don't think he actually articulates the, the kind of players, and I don't think he knows the kind of players he needs. He knows that he wants strikers. He knows he wants a particular type of striker, obviously. We've seen and that with... prefer possession. We've Bilba. seen that with Angelo. We've seen that with Dunlady and, and Toy, like the, the people that he's brought in that are not Christian Ramirez. Mm-hmm. Like, he knows that, that, but I don't think he knows about whatever the fuck else he wants to do for the rest of the formation. Right. And that, that to me, is the most is the scariest thing and the most frustrating thing, honestly. <laughs> Sorry. So, I mean, again... 
He's a he's a, a good football player, Ooh. but he's right. you know that doesn't make you a, a football scholar. And sometimes, no, um, sometimes you need to be a scholar of the game, top to bottom. Well, you don't necessarily. We're we're not scholars, but I think we would have a we would understand and have a better fucking idea of what. Like even if he came to us and said, "Okay, this is what we want to do," I'd be like, "Okay, well, we, what the fuck do you want to do on defense?" I don't think people. I mean, God, I hope people have asked him that. I don't think it's, he fucking knows. Yeah, I'm sure he's been asked, and the answers just have been wrong. He's flying by the seat of his pants. So let's. Who's your shittiest player of the game? You know what? I'll, <laughs> Sorry. L- no, let me let me double down on that. You know, uh, my biggest thing was that um, was that he got the formation, the lineup, and the tactics wrong. Um, I, it's not just broadly saying like you didn't sign good enough players. Yeah, the comments afterwards were were not good. Yeah. Uh, and I only read them, um, but honestly when you think about what's been successful for us over the last couple of months, and even though we've had a rough three, pretend that, you know, before this game happens, we had a rough two or three weeks when, you know, where our, our hot streak had sort of come to a halt and stuff like that. Um, but you know, those are road games and, uh, it, it, and it happens and you still think we are, we still are and can be the team that just went on a run, you know, mm-hmm. um, we got the same players, um, this game we didn't, but you know, we got the same players. We can still be that team. Um, and then this lineup cashes in all of that. It's it's a lineup that ultimately goes back to a sort of four three three, which is, which is not in of itself necessarily a mistake. But one of the things that has been really successful about our lineup is a when you play three central defenders, um, you're able to play them uh, more co- in, in a more compact way, yep. and you can <laughs> kind of bunch the box. Now, it's not like our defense has been great. That's not that's not even the point. But it also has allowed uh, a little bit of, uh, and I'm making hand motions here to the listeners, but you you know a sort of rocking ship effect where if you want one of your you know maybe your right side central defender to move forward, that you can still shift that to the left, or when the wing back yep. is making a <clears> run, you can you shift the whole formation to the side. Um, and of course, you can do that with a four-man back too. But um, we've had success with Calvo getting a little bit more involved in distribution out of the back, for instance, stuff like that. Um, the four-man back line negates that. Most yeah. importantly, it negates the role of the wing back, which has been so critical because that adds a potential for fifth defenders. Yeah. And the fact that he goes to mirrors, to like you got, oh, you got White Olmsberg sitting on the bench who needs minutes. Like either either loan his fucking ass out or play him when you have the opportunity the, to play him. Like yeah, I, I just it, I don't have a specific boggles. problems problem with Mears except I have an overall problem with the strategy for getting the young guys minutes. You know, it's the question of it's there's a question of the is 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 he playing for his job? You know, is he is he managing for his job or is he managing for the future? And I feel like he's managing for his job because you don't play Mears in that situation. You're going down to Dallas like they have. I think they've. Like <clears throat> drop points in one game uh, at home all year. Like it's a very good team to play, especially at home this year. Like mm-hmm. last year, I think was an aberration. They really had that, you know, July August swoon. Um, but this is a really good team. It's, it's top of the uh, Western Conference. They're in the Supporters Shield uh, running. Um, yeah. And and you know you 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 have suspensions. You have you have all these things. Like you have these built-in well, excuses. Why not? Why not give? Give the run. I mean, and that's why I say like this is why like I give you shit about Pankop all the time. But it's like that's the perfect opportunity to run Pankop out. Give him, give him an opportunity. Give him a shot. See what he can do. Give Umsberg a shot. I mean, they he did it with Colin Martin. I mean, you know, like find out what you have on your roster, and you know if it you then you can see. I mean, Umsberg in his like you know his few appearances has actually been a semi competent defender mm-hmm. and way more competent than Tyrone Mears has in the time that we've seen Tyrone Mears. As far as I'm concerned, maybe I'm sure. completely off base, but. 
I mean, that's just again, it goes back to the whole the whole thing about I don't think Adrian Heath has a plan. Overall, I think he I think he literally has a plan. Day to day, I think he wakes up every day. He's like, "Wow, what's my plan? Okay, I'm gonna do this." <laughs> wakes up the next day. I don't think he has a fucking like vision for this team. And if he does, fucking Christ, lay it out for us. I mean, they haven't. This team, this team has not done that. Like what they, you know, you know what sort of managers you, you get a Pep Guardiola, you get Jurgen Klopp, you get a Jose Mourinho. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you may may love or hate their vision, but you at least know what their fucking vision is. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what fucking I don't know what Heath's vision is. I don't yeah. know what it is. It, there's yeah. nothing. There's, I've not. I've seen nothing about what his vision is, when, when, other than uh, a four-two-three-one. Uh, and he wants it. He wants a possession. Banging it over based, our fucking yeah. heads. So. Um, you know, I don't want to spend too much longer in this game. Yes, but, you know, one, one of the God. thoughts could be that. Um, I mean, you talked about hey, give the guys a run out. You're playing a really great team on the road and stuff like that. And how much of this, uh, both the the choices of the of the individual players and then the formation and tactics used because of that, is. Throwing the game is not the right term, but you're saying, like, we can't have all of our players playing all of the time. Let's start Pangop instead of somebody who might otherwise get minutes. Treat this like a rest game or treat this like an experiment game. And if the experiment goes totally fucking awry, we probably weren't going to win anyways. We're without some of our some of our preferred players. Yeah. And and so maybe that... So, so he's sticking players in that maybe he otherwise wouldn't just because he wants to see what they can do. And then he builds the formation around the players that he's chosen rather than any other concrete vision. See, I think that's... If, let me make one last sure, point. Yeah. If he's doing that, then he should sit Miguel Ibarra. Yeah. Because the dude has to have concrete legs at this yeah. point. And, and that's... And that's that, I understand that. And that makes sense. However, <clears throat> I mean, if Warner and Quintero and uh, Calvo were all available for this match, there's no... They, they absolutely would have played. They absolutely would have. I mean, Heath would have played we those guys. We probably wouldn't have treated it like a throwaway. Yeah. Game, well, I don't think he. My I don't, theory. Here's is the thing: is I don't correct. think he. I don't think was thinking of this match as a throwaway match. I think, and and you know, I think he was playing not to lose. He's playing to get a point and playing not to lose. Um, and you know, I think he thought that, you know, again, we're you know we're should have played the Grecian nine zero one then. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that's you know, it's just it. If you are, if you are training in a certain formation like you know all, uh, clearly like when they're pr- these guys are practicing they're practicing in, in the formation that they've been using and it's been successful mm-hmm. for them the 352 or 532 or whatever you want to call it well are are Martin and Pangop and and uh Romario are those guys not pra- also practicing in those in that position in in this I mean obviously you have mm-hmm. multiple formations because as people come in maybe you mm-hmm. you adjust your formation all that so there's obviously clearly like you know some fluidity there, but mm-hmm. shouldn't your you know if this is a starting formation that's been working for you, haven't like hasn't everybody been practicing that formation? Or I mean, maybe I'm just naive and and that they're not like and they're, like there's certain players who cannot play in a three five two like mm-hmm. they just can't. Um, and if that's the case, then I'm happy to be wrong. But I just I don't I just don't get that sort of that component of it. So, anyways, let me I, I'm gonna make. A, a five I'm, second. I'm gonna point. stop talking after you. You, you finish. You I'll have the finish. last. I, I just want a five the, second point. Because I'm not. If I if I don't. We're say, just gonna say the same. If I don't say shit. that I'm stopping talking about Heath, I'm gonna keep going. So you have the last word. Okay. They, okay. And it will only take five seconds. When we ended against Los Angeles Galaxy, we ended up drawing a game that we otherwise could have lost. And what we did was we ended up reverting to something like a three four three, where we had um, uh, Ibarra number two on the left wing, Abu Dunlady basically on the right wing. Mm-hmm. Miguel Ibarra had tucked more into a call it a central midfield role, but he was wide out there um, and did a 3-4-3 and it ended up effective. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, if you have to play a top three, play the same three. 
We, it was effective then. Rodriguez, Ibar, uh, 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 Romario Ibarra on the left, and Dunlady on the right. Dunlady's another kid you want to be giving minutes to. Yep. And then you still have the opportunity to play someone like Miguel Ibarra. If you're going to go with a 4-3-3 for whatever reason, you still have an opportunity to play Miguel Ibarra on the, maybe the right side of that central midfield instead of checks notes Colin Martin. <laughs> you know, so... Um, even if this was the approach that he wanted to go with, and maybe there were valid reasons that you and I are too fucking dumb to understand, play the you, those players aren't gone. They're not suspended. They're not tired even because they don't have that many minutes. Yep. Give them that continuity. Anyways, yep. we, moving we along. Said it. Yeah. <laughs> is there some United news that we want to cover? There is. Uh, yeah. So since our last podcast, uh, Bertrand Wendy Echo was loaned to the Charlotte Echo, Independence. Echo Echo. Echo. Um, Mason Toy was obviously loaned to the Colorado Switchbacks. Um, obviously, he, you know, he was back. Um, these guys both have recall, right? So we can bring them back to the uh, to the team if we need them. Um, Fernando Bob we officially don't. signed. Yeah, we. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Fernando Bob officially signed by the Loons. Um, that was announced today. Do we have he, a good chant for him. Uh, I mean, there's some ABBA stuff. There's some other. There's some other stuff. Uh, do you hear the drums? Fernando is a is an ABBA song. It's a pretty popular ABBA okay. song. Look it up. Um, yeah, I'm sure there'll be some there'll be some chance. Uh, lots of what about Bob gifts on uh, oh, on, on the Twitters, so there that's go. good. He better I, suck. I, I want, I want, I want. I need, I need, I need. <laughs> that's pretty. <laughs> so that's a good one. Yeah. Minnesota United announced uh, the 50k to Midway. I don't know if you. I'm sure you. If you're following this podcast, you saw it on so. Twitter and Facebook and in your in your inbox. Uh, I want it to happen. It would be great. I mean, so they're so Minnesota broke the single record. I think the the snow opener, they broke the single record for just a soccer match in terms of Minnesota soccer history. The 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 record is like forty nine some thousand uh, is when the kicks played, but it was also a Beach Boy concert right afterwards. So I think a lot of people uh, came to Met Stadium, got drunk right. in the parking lot, smoked some of the um, of the Devils Devils lettuce. And uh, you know, hung out and saw the Beach Boys afterwards. I'm trying to think of the time. So, yeah, but th- that would have been like 1980 Beach Boys. Yeah, which they still draw in those crowds. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, man. Well, good yeah. for the Beach Boys. So, so yeah, this would be the the true. I, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I mean, this would be like the true. Can I interrupt? You? Soccer I'm, interrupt. I'm really sorry. <laughs> sorry, go you, ahead. You were on a roll. Yeah. I I want all of our listeners right now to go out and look up a Beach Boys album called Surfs Up. Okay. And I want you just to look at the album art. It is so amazing. You yeah. can do it right now while you're making your point. Beach Boys, the album is called Surf's Up. You right. you will shit directly into your trousers <laughs> at the album art for, okay. that, uh, um, for that art. Anyways. Yeah, no, I mean, I remember I, I won a uh, – the Beach Boys were playing a uh, um, show at uh, – can I remember? Maybe it was – it had to have been Mystic. It must have been – Grand Casino. I know, it was back like, when I was like 14 years old, and I was listening to the KQ Morning Show. I won. I won. The, it was a call-in. I, did, I won. Oh, you won the... Yeah. Oh, you were the ninth caller. Or Holy fuck. <laughs> Are you looking at the album cover? <laughs> How's that for some Beach Boys shit? That's some, uh, that's some Game of Thrones shit right there, man. <laughs> <I know. laughs> do you know. What the, do you know what the first song on the album is called? It's, uh, like, it's called, like, Don't Go in the Water. <laughs> Which is, which is the best Beach Boys title ever. Oh, uh, yeah. Don't go near the water. Don't go near the water. <laughs> Long Promise Road, Take a Load Off Your Feet. Disney Girls, 1957. Okay. Student Demonstration Time. <laughs> I got I to gotta buy this record, man. Look at that album. Feel Flows, look, Looking at Tomorrow, it, a, it well, is, a Welfare Song. Dude. A Day in Life of a Tree, Till I Die, Surf's the, Up. I 
literally need to own this record. The Beach Boys went through some shit. Oh yeah, in the no, late no, no, no. They, but <laughs> you know, I love, I love the, I love the Beatles, but I, I honestly like in terms of, I, I think the Beach Boys went through a lot more shit than the Beatles did in terms of just more psychedelics and all that. Like, they, Beach Boys is some weird shit, man. Yeah, Pet Sounds is wonderful. Yeah, Pet Sounds is is just the apex of experimentation yeah. And, yeah. and pop. Yeah. Man, that went way. Was it the United News again? <laughs> Anyways, oh, check out the uh, listeners. 50, che- midway, 50 Check out that album art. It's amazing. Up. Yeah, look up. Look. Yeah, Google surfs up uh, album art. You will not be disappointed. Um, yeah. So, the, so yeah, fifty thousand midway. Yeah, let's do it. Let's fill. Let's fill that fucking stadium yeah. up. That would be fantastic. It'd be a good send off uh, to Allianz. So I, more than anything, and I, I know again, it's lame team stuff. It's like, yeah, of course you want, you want money. You want to sell tickets. So let's let's make a occasion on whatever. I just want a loud ass crowd against the galaxy. I yeah. just want the galaxy to come in and just poop in their huggies yeah. because of the wall of sound that we can make. That's all I want. And that's, I mean, that's, and you know, talk about it from like, oh, for the team obviously wants it. Like, for, as uh, you know, as members of the Dark Clouds, we want it to be fucking loud too because that people yeah. are gonna, they're, like, we're gonna be the people who are they're gonna be leading that shit, right? Like, that's not the team. Like, yep. yeah, the team's getting the, you know, getting the butts in the seat by they're reducing the, you know, reducing the ticket prices and all that, but like. When they come into the game, they're going to see us. They're going to be like, fuck yeah, we want to be here. So, um, anyways, and then finally, Boxo was named to MLS Team of the Week last week. This was announced after our podcast. He was the bench. Um, and Ramirez was named to the bench uh, for the Team of the Week for Week 25. So, yeah, scored two goals. He did. And uh, that first one, did you see that first goal the, they scored? Yeah, the outside of his heel from the Vela. From the Vela. Yeah, it was. It was. He's going to score some goals up there. Yeah, he's, he's going to score, you know. You know, this is a hot take, but I think he might score more goals than Angelo Rodriguez in LA this year than Angelo Rodriguez will score with Minnesota. Uh, not likely because <laughs> Ramirez is not a designated player. <laughs> so, Duh. yeah. All right, uh, moving along. We're sporting. Sporting. Let's talk about sporting Kansas City. I feel like we, we have talk to? about them a lot, like because because we we, we often to? play them for uh, U.S. Open Cup, which we didn't this year. And then we play God. them like three times a year every year, anyways. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've said already in previous podcasts the things there are to say, but yeah. but let's let's get into it. Who's good uh, uh, for Sporting Kansas City? Um, well, since we last played them, um, they brought in Christian Nemeth, um, who was good, uh, a very good soccer player. He, good. him and Diego Rubio, Rubio have been splitting uh, have been splitting time up top. Um, Rubio had two goals last week. He's been making a case to be a uh, a true a true uh, up top striker. And honestly, I mean, Which I think it's good because they have floundered at that spot. They have this absolutely, year. yeah. Um, I, I mean, mean whether it's, it's been them, Johnny, uh, yeah, Johnny Russell, it's been it's been a few different players. And bringing in Nemeth actually has been like, I mean, you know, talk about a team that I think honestly, like, Sporting Kansas City is already in 2019 um, Concacaf Champions League, mm-hmm. and I think. Vermees is gearing up for that. He's bringing in people like Nemeth and Rubio, um, playing them sort of tangentially, so one subbing for the other. Um, but I think you're like grooming those guys to be able to play together. So like mm-hmm. Nemeth as like Rubio as the ten, Nemeth as the nine, or sorry, Rubio as the nine, Nemeth as the ten underneath, um, being sort of that you know that playmaker that you know we've seen Darwin Quintero be like the guy who can um, you know make make those runs but also has you know has the really great touch to, to, to pass um, so you know up top they're great Daniel Saloy obviously homegrown uh, Hungarian player um, he really took off this year you know he scored against us uh, back in June 
I think uh, down when we got the shit kicked out of us in KC, four to one. I think he scored the second and, goal uh, and against us. And Shallow is doing both. He's yeah. seven goals and seven assists here, and yeah. uh, was really really hot a couple of months ago. He's he's uh, he's tapered off a little cool bit off a on, little the, bit, on the offensive yeah. uh, uh, piece of the ball, but that is largely because they've also shuffled their deck up top, and and you expect somebody like. Rubio to play strong and like um, yeah. Nemeth and stuff like that. So yeah, the, yeah. The, the weight has been removed from him. Yeah, Shaloy's playing more of a he's playing in the four three sort of on the left hand side of the of there. But yeah, he's playing more of the um, kind of a more of like a Miguel Ibarra type. He's tracking back and, and doing some of the defensive work that uh, allows Rubio and Nemeth um, to do you know do the work that they're I doing. I feel bad so. for Kyrie Shelton because yeah. I actually like Kyrie Shelton. And uh, I think he does some of the things that Christian Ramirez does well that uh, go don't wind up on the score sheet. But eventually, you have to wind up on the score sheet, and just and he just doesn't and hasn't. Yeah. So whatever. Yeah. The, I mean, the other one obviously is Tim Malia, um, probably the best goalkeeper in MLS. In my estimation. I mean, he's I'll got. I'll give you that. Yeah. Three straight. Uh, uh, so Casey's won three straight games. He's got three straight clean sheets. Um, will probably be four after this match. <laughs> Down in Kansas City, yeah, yeah. it's be like ninety-five degrees at kickoff. Uh, down in Kansas City, so you know Malia, um, it, you know the the back line for you know if we're talking about who sucks, there's not worry, nobody really sucks for Kansas City. The back line is kind of is the the shakiest part in terms of they just keep they move pieces around, but they're all pretty good pieces, and so yeah, it's it's a relative mm, thing. I mean, it, it, Kansas Kansas City as a team here on goals allowed is one of the best in the league. They've only allowed thirty goals. I think there's. Um, two or three teams that are better than that on goals allowed probably just two so i mean you know defensively and defense starts in the midfield obviously but the, sure. um, they've got a few key pieces that are excellent like Ico para mm-hmm. on the defense get Ico para um <laughs> matt beasler's day is probably behind him but matt beasler is still you know hell i'd take him right now yes yeah. compared uh, to what we have yeah graham zussi has enjoyed a second career and a second coming as a sort of right fullback so um, I, th- I don't know. Like, I don't see the weak spot there, even personally. I think it's, it's still really good. I, I mean, I just the, the only reason I consider a weak spot is that they just there's so much rotation there. If you're hoping that sure, maybe sure. that there's just not the, the cohesiveness. But yeah, I could see again, that. I mean, the Sporting Kansas City keeps bringing up uh, these young guys from their uh, from their youth setup that are stepping in and playing you know, when Zussi needs a break or when Beasler needs a break. Yeah, the, um, the, team, been, the team does rotation and depth. Yeah, as well as which is why I think, you know, I, I really like actually. Uh, sporting Kansas City next year in terms of the CONCACAF Champions League. I think they're really they're gearing themselves up for that. And, you know, they're right up there with FC Dallas in terms of top of the Western Conference and sort of slightly in the mix for the Supporter Shield. So um, this is a, you know, this is a dangerous team and that could get on a run. And ha- now with Nemeth and Rubio has an actual, like, scoring up top, which is what the thing they were lacking most of last year and most of the beginning of this year with, you know, Shelton wasn't scoring goals and mm-hmm. no one was really scoring goals. Now they have two guys who you know can score goals pretty consistently so they're a dangerous I, team i'm gonna throw one more positive name out there at you uh roger espinoza actually um, <laughs> leaves the team in the si- so first of all he's 90, oh like that guy's fucking how old is that guy he's 90 years old now <laughs> um he uh, jesus he, he also um he, so he leads the team in assists right now which is not, is a little bit against type for him he's not like a dude who's who's swinging in crosses necessarily he's more of like a like a ball winner in the central midfield nope he's he's hanging on with nine assists here which is not an elite number of assists but it's certainly good enough for the the lead on this team johnny russell also um you know we've talked about central forwards he's played 
obviously up top, and, and he's played uh, what I'll call he play he plays out wide. I don't know if I want to call him a winger, but he's he's played some out wide. He uh, sitting on eight goals, actually um, leads the team in goals, which is not a high mark. This is a mediocre offense overall, but yep. um, and and he too is is put in six assists, so he's he's been in the mix the whole time. Uh, and even when they lost some of their win, uh, some of their wing talent like uh, Fernandez earlier this year, uh, he's been a fairly consistent producer. Yep. For him, so yeah. So so who sucks? <laughs> There's not many names left. We kind of just named a lot of names. Let I mean, me. P- Peter for me sucks just because he's a you know an asshat, but drunk driver. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, other than that, I don't. Yeah. Let me let, so. Let me give you this. First of all, they signed a big, high-profile DP, and I'll fuck up his name like I often do. But uh, and jo- Johan Kreise. Oh um, yeah. He hasn't produced this year, and he does. You know, he probably doesn't deserve a spot regularly on the on the lineup. He's he's supposed to be a sort of uh, he's supposed to be that attacking midfield guy, and he just hasn't produced. Uh, probably needs to produce more on offense as well, like like actually stepping up, taking a few of the shots. But he he's not he's not even getting the time now. Um, so sorry, Johan, uh, you suck. Um, and in fact, his production has dipped throughout the course of the season. He's really a rotation player now. Yeah. Um, man, I'm trying to think who else sucks. I mean, Kyrie Shelton. We talked about Kyrie Shelton, but <laughs> he's not even seen the field at this point. Kyrie, so, Kyrie Shelton yeah. is not really <clears throat> even in the mix. So I, I mean, those are the two guys that stand out. It, but let me let me just say, it's bad when Seth Sinovic is like the worst player on your defense. That means yeah. you have. Probably a and he defense. started. I mean, he's like the worst starter on your defense. I mean, it's they have like pretty good defense. Jimmy Bedronda, who was you know like was sort of all over the place well, last year and was it was killing it. And he's not. I mean, he's not getting starts right well, now. Well, let's. Well, now he's injured. Yeah. I mean, now now Madronda is injured long term. Yeah. So let's let's call him a player that sucks <laughs> since we have to like grasp for something. Here. Yes. Um. I. They they um. They had another long term injury as well. My fucking notes are all jumbled here, so I can't see it. Anyways, they have another long-term injury that if it, that guy it, sucks. If it occurs to me, I'll bring it up again. Well, that guy sucks. But there's so. yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna suck on the <laughs> sideline. Yeah. So so how do how do we play them there? We we saw the experiment of what happened last week. <clears throat> we know what happened the week before when we you know we switched up. I mean, we we came out in a three-five-two. We ended up making an adjustment toward the end of the game, and then of course the three-five-two dominated before that. How do how so, do we approach this? So um, this will be the first time the teams have met since Minnesota switched to the three-five-two. That is true. Um, <clears throat> they did not play. They played this. They started that formation shortly after uh, we got our ass kicked in Kansas City right before the uh, uh, World Cup. So <clears throat> I really think um, playing three in the back. Um, you know, just I'm visualizing all the goals that Kansas City has scored against us in the last few years. And um, more often than not, it's from them attacking through the middle, um, which when we're playing with the four, you know, the four across the back are leaves our center backs with way too much space. Our, you know, we have uh, midfielders who are not tracking back. We don't have a true number six that's playing. Um, you know, maybe if Maxie's is, I don't know, I don't think he's healthy, but, you know, Getting someone that six, you know, Bob. It sounds like Fernando Bob is not fit enough probably this weekend to play. <clears throat> so maybe it's Colin Martin. Maybe it's you know back to Colin Warner. Colin, um, Colin Martin's not a number six. No, I mean, you're but not, you know, you're if, not if, you t- if you if you tell him to if you tell him to play that, but you know, Colin Warner probably he'll, he'll be back from suspension, so you know, probably have him in that role. I mean, I think you know, rolling out uh you know that three five two or more realistically, if Romario um, and Dunlady are ready to play um, to, to start. Rolling out sort of how we ended that match in a three-four-three, um, <clears throat> seeing you know with we you know, with our our you know Calvo, Coleman, Boxel across the back, 
uh, Martin, uh, or sorry, Warner and Ibsen, uh, with you know Ibarra and hopefully Eric Miller, maybe Alexi Gomez on the wing, and then you know Romario, uh, Rodriguez, and uh, Dunlady across the top. You know, I think that I mean that's probably you know that's how I that's how I want the team to play. Mm-hmm. Now, how we should play them, I don't. You know, hopefully it's the same thing. But you know, we haven't. Like I said all like most of my memories of, of the last like basically 18 months of Kansas City tearing up Minnesota's defense is them cutting through you know cutting through the central of our midfield and defense so let's see what we got in terms of uh, the that three man back line and you know whether it's a 352 or 343 you know let's see what we got and it sounds like you know Garely, you know it sounds like Cantero's not able to play Cantero is able to play I think a 352 makes a lot more sense but if Cantero is not able to play then you know, run out that three four three. You know, again, presuming that uh, Romario and Dunlady can go, you know, close to a you know close to 70, 75 minutes. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I, I kind of like the three four three, and I, I wrote about this last week when I was saying, hey, here's the lineup that we should run against Dallas because we know we got some outages and stuff. Mm-hmm. I actually recommended that three four three that um that that we reverted to late against LA, and one of the reasons is that because I think you need to play to the players' strengths. If you have these players, you know, so for instance, I think that um. Romario Ibarra deserves to start um, because he's you know he's got a couple of goals he's he's looking good and he's only yeah gonna assuming he's fit apparently he's, you know he's getting fit yeah so um, the problem is though I don't think that he's a good wing back and so like yes. in, a, in a genuine symmetrical three five two he's probably not a great fit so you yeah. know what do we change then so I don't think that you have to change the int- here's a thought and we don't talk much about this and nobody talks much about this for whatever reason but a formation and the tactics by which you use them do not have to be symmetrical. It is okay to use Romario Ibarra more as a winger on one side and then have Miguel Ibarra on the other side as a more traditional wingback. Now, you have to consider who in the central midfield is going to step in and, and move out wide on defense when Ibarra, when Romario Ibarra can't pick it up. There's no reason that we can't use him more exclusively as a winger and use in and pull wide a central midfielder to muck up the you know counterattacks or whatever and not ask him to be uh whatever a, sure, fucking, yeah. a fucking wingback i don't think he is a wingback no so that god I, no honestly I, I i honestly think that's what i would like to see and then i'd like to see dunlady come on late as a sub and maybe necessitate an entire formation shift so which to so i, I said three five i said three four three that would put miguel ibarra in the central midfielder on on the right um, if, if you want to call it that. The other thing you could do is just have two at the top, move one to the back. It becomes basically what the th- the three four three. But what it becomes is the left four. The left of the four in the midfield is actually a winger, if you want to call that a midfielder. Yeah. And then the and then it's Miguel Ibarra on the right side. This is so hard to talk through instead of <clears> just sure, fucking yeah. visualize. But Miguel Ibarra is actually playing the wing back role, and that's where those four come from. But they're not aligned similarly. Sure. Okay. The big the big question then is who is the who's the other winger so to speak and I honestly I think that is just a matter of which whatever you want to call Darwin Quintero as uh, call him a second striker if you will and then um, and then uh, Rodriguez above him it's um, I think those are the two strikers and then maybe you're calling the third uh, see it's hard. I feel like a fucking shift in chess pieces around <laughs> until I can't can't even see him anymore but that, that's yeah. that's generally how I would play it asymmetrically allow Miguel Ibarra to do the kinds of things he does as a wing back. Um, don't ask Romario Ibarra to do it, but don't ask Heath, uh, Heath, fuck, 
uh, Eric Miller do it because as a wing back even because you know he, he looked he looked poor uh, when he mm. got it when he got his run out as a wing back against LA. Yeah, um, but what about I mean what about if you're if you're talking about that what about <clears throat> you know using Romario and Miller on the same side so Miller is you know he's in that central midfield his job is not necessarily <clears throat> to go forward. It's it's to it's to be the defender from Romario. So Romario gets forward. Miller's the one who's going to come back and, and play the defense, and right. and he can get into the play obviously if he if he if he thinks it's it's possible. But he, you know you're you're really you're telling Romario Barra your focus is on you know is on getting getting forward, getting yeah, getting on on the left hand side. <clears throat> um, Miller, your focus is if you can get it up, great. If, but you're going to be the defender. You're going to be the person who helps out on the backhand side. I. I mean, so, apparently, I mean, compared to like Alexi Gomez, I mean, who else would you put in that role? Would you put Colin Martin in that role? Maybe well, that, that's the thing. So if you've got, if you've got, because um, Gomez wants to get forward too. Like M- Miller, Miller is a defender. I mean, he can get forward as a fullback, but that's not the same as asking him to play central midfield. Which, yeah. which I think, I think that we would lose some of the um, connection, some of the box to box connection that we would get from playing someone like um, whatever, shoot, you know, Schuler there or uh, Ibsen. So I feel like I don't want him to do that. If I feel like if I want him to play, it would be where Calvo would usually play. I, d- I don't think I don't think Miller finds a spot on this uh, on this roster. So who's 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 gonna be who's gonna be covering for Barra like Romario Barra? I'm guessing that's my it'd question. Be a, it'd be a central midfielder, and it, it'd be someone like Rasmus Schuler, or okay. it'd be someone like Colin Warner. Or okay. So you know whoever is in the central midfield, somebody with a defensive mind that can push over to the side. As okay. Needed. Okay. So. <clears throat> That's my thought. Calvo ends up taking the left center back role. Boxall and Coleman, the other two. Sure. Okay. God help us. <laughs> That's gonna Man, be. We aren't. Ta- we weren't having that conversation about sporting. We're not. Ga- they're gonna come out in a four three three. They're gonna play high pressure. Yep. They're gonna do it well. They're gonna play centrally. They're gonna get their chances, and they're either gonna convert them or not convert them. Yep. They're at home. They will probably convert them. Yep. They're playing us. Yeah, that's true. But that's what they're gonna do. <laughs> I could have told you that without reading a goddamn thing. I could have <laughs> exactly. told you that last year, and it would have been. I, I, if you just let me switch the players out, I could have told you what their thing was gonna be last year, and said they're gonna run four three three, and it's gonna be a high press, and they're gonna defend and for their lives. Just talking about having a system and having, <laughs> having an actual like identity. Vision. A vision. Oh, circling back. All right. Uh, who's going to win? I have Casey beating us 3 nothing. I think they yeah. keep their shutout streak going. Uh, I, I had 2 nothing, but it's it's going to be a win. Why, why wouldn't, why wouldn't spend it? Spend 20 minutes just like, yeah, they're going to beat the shit out of us. We, so. we just tried to paper and glue together an idea of a roster for the Loons. Yeah. And they're just 4-3-3, three, three, high pressure. Yep. Just go do your job. So, all right. Uh, okay. So let's uh, talk about last week. Um, <clears throat> we didn't do great in our picks last week. We haven't done great this year, you know, year generally, but what? whatever. Come on. Uh, Galaxy 2, Colorado 2, Galaxy dropped more points at home. That's not good. Uh, DC United beat the hell out of uh, Portland 4-1. to Portland obviously coming across country. Uh, LAFC beat Real Salt Lake 2-0. We both had that one correctly. Seattle Sounders... <clears throat> Five to nothing, LA Galaxy. Dude, I don't even know. That was what's happening. debacle. You picked that one. You picked Sounders correctly. You didn't pick well, five. I, nothing. I didn't pick five. Nothing. <laughs> no, uh, you Sounders feel, are good now. They are. I don't know what yeah, happened. But they, you know, they turned it on. Uh, Philadelphia Union two, New York City FC zero. Uh, now I've respected that one. Uh, Red Bulls went to Vancouver and managed a two-two draw, which I guess good for them. Uh, Impact two, Chicago one. I had that one correctly. FC Dallas two, Minnesota. 
United zero. I had that one correctly. You predicted a Minnesota United win. You were very optimistic after. Yeah, well, uh, I'm fucking stupid. Adrian Heath. Well, uh, I was optimistic. You would read my articles <laughs> and go with my formation yeah. idea. Uh, Sporting Kansas City three, Portland zero. Portland has uh, has tailed off pretty dramatically. Three here. straight losses. Yeah, man. I had that one correctly. RSL beat Houston Dynamo uh, at Houston two to one. Uh, San Jose and Toronto one one draw. You had that one. Did uh, Rusnak had uh, had the uh, equalizer and the winner? I think both so. Both yeah. in stoppage time, didn't he? Yep. What a fucking um, hero. We both predicted Atlanta United beating Columbus. It was a three one score. Uh, DC United beat New England two to nothing. DCU's on a roll. Um, they're gonna make the playoffs, I think. Uh, LAFC two, Colorado zero. We both had that one correctly as well. Um, hey, it's rivalry week. Rivalry week. I know it's. I know it's just. I know it's just some like corporate bullshit, you know. Hey, but I, I like seeing the teams that don't yeah. like each other play each other. <laughs> six, Whatever. Like. Six games on national television this week. This uh, this week from uh, like Wednesday until actually I think tonight until. Uh, or sorry, no, I think yeah, it's Wednesday until uh, Sunday or Saturday. So, um, we have the Hudson River Derby. Uh, NYCFC hosting the Red Bulls. I have a three-two NYCFC win. Uh, two to three Red Bulls win. All right. Uh, Chicago hosts Columbus. Uh, I have a 2-1 Columbus win on that one. Chicago is so bad. <laughs> They're so terrible. Dude, they... What are they, like nine straight losses or yeah. something right now? It's I saw a really, good, a really good tweet. Where it was like, it's rivalry week at MLS. And like, who's going to win? It was like, fire fans versus fire front office. Orlando City fans versus Orlando City players. It was just, it was, it was, a, it was fucking hilarious. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I've got, uh, I've LA, got, it was LAFC versus beer coolers. Oh, God. <laughs> I've got, uh, what, what would Minnesota's be? Uh, Who's I mean Adrian Heath and Adrian. and Manny so self self loathing and self deprecation could yeah. be another good rival yeah so who do you got We've winning got, uh, Columbus winning two to nothing of course, over Chicago yeah. uh, Houston Dynamo FC Dallas thirty uh, five W Derby uh, I have a two two draw in uh, Houston one one draw all right uh, Orlando City speaking of uh, really shitty terrible fan bases uh, going they're hosting Atlanta United uh, I have a four one Atlanta United win and a two one Atlanta United win it's generous. Uh, uh, El Clasico in LA, uh, LA Galaxy host. You can't just call something a class. I, I know, they, I know, they do, and so that's why I'm doing that's it. So an- so. No, no, yeah. you're fine. I'm just like, <laughs> how annoying! They just call it that. Okay. Yeah, uh, Galaxy host El- Galaxy host LAFC. I have a two-two draw. I got a, I got a one-one draw. All right. Uh, Philadelphia host New England. Uh, this is a uh, you know a true six-pointer playoff battle. Uh, Philly, I got Philly winning two to one over New England. Yeah, if you're looking, if you're looking to watch games that matter this week, I mean rivals yeah. are fun, but if you want something that matters, watch this. Yeah, one. DC um, beating New England. Hey, so by the way, did you watch that DC uh, New England game with the all women uh, first time no, ever all women broadcast? It was fu- it was fantastic. It wasn't like it wasn't like protest. Yeah, no, no, it was it was fantastic. It was great. It was a great game. Um, obviously, DC beat the hell out of New England, and it was DC it, got fun all of yeah. a sudden. And they, yeah, they, yeah, they did. And uh, yeah, and, and the the women who were in the booth uh, and on the on the uh, pitch were fantastic. I, I really hope uh, MLS does more of that, and, and mm-hmm. doesn't make it like a gimmick. It was kind of gimmicky, but it, it wasn't super gimmicky. But it really just make it like a thing. Like just mm-hmm. make have a have a you know a two women booth. You know, you know, you could have a There's dude no on the sideline. Right? You know, whatever. Who so cares? yeah, yeah. All right. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Uh, what do you Phil- have? Yeah, Phil- Philadelphia two to nothing. Okay, New England. New England's not, out. They're, they're, they're not a good. Team. Yeah, they're falling out of the playoff race fast and hard. So uh, speaking of someone who's falling out of the playoff race fast and hard, Toronto FC hosts Montreal Impact. I have a three-one uh, uh, FC win. Toronto. Uh, yeah, I got a three-nothing win over okay. Mon- Montreal. 
They're okay. yeah, they're fading. They're fading fast. Um, we talked about Sporting Kansas City, Minnesota, uh, Colorado hosts Real Salt Lake. I have a one-one draw. <laughs> a zero-zero draw. That's that can be a terrible game. I think that we talk about soccer too much, and we just infect each other's minds. Probably with like <laughs> ideas. And Probably yeah. Uh, San Jose hosts Vancouver. I have a one or two-to-one victory for the White. Caps. If you're looking for a game to skip this week, this would be the one. First of all, these oh. are these are not rivals. Yeah. Second of all, these are not good teams yeah. in my opinion. That's um, right. San Jose, I cannot believe that San Jose will win, so I've got to give Vancouver one another That's fair. point. Uh, Red Bulls host DC United. That's this suddenly f- is a good game. Yeah, so DC United only has like two more away uh, matches, and this is one of them. And I have Red Bulls winning three to one. Red Bulls are currently leading the Supporter Shield, so Red Bulls three to two. And finally, Portland hosts the Seattle Sounders. Uh, Seattle Sounders, the hottest team in MLS. Portland, the probably the uh, they're cooling on. They're, cool, like, they're not the coldest. They're not the, well, that's yeah. They're not Minnesota. the fire. Um, uh, <laughs> or the fire. I have a three-one Seattle win in uh, in Portland. I got three-three draw. All right, that'll be a, you know what? That'll be a fun. T- if you're game. talking about playoffs, I mean Portland will probably be in, but yeah. um, Seattle climbing their. I just burped in the mic. Climbing their way back in. This would be another good game to watch if you're yeah. uh, a neutral. Yep. All right, uh, so we got some fucking answers. Uh, Peter Sparks three asks: Now that we have Bob, what formation do you, th- you think Heath will trot out with him in it? Um, I don't think we're going to see that formation uh, this weekend. But what do you think? Is he going to sit him into that four-two-three-one that Heath really wants to play? Or? So he's a defensive. Well, he's a, he's he's a six. I mean, that's talk about like <clears throat> if you if you haven't you know heard about Fernando Bob. Um, he hasn't played since November of 2017, so he's he's a little bit rusty. Great. Um, he's been trialing with us uh, apparently for like the last week or so. So yeah, apparently he's he's still in, you know he's getting back into into shape, or maybe he has been in shape. He's just getting used to the team. Um, but everything about <clears throat> that his play, he's a true number six. He plays that <clears throat> central defensive mid role that Sam Cronin occupied last year. Um, that is that is what he's not going to get forward. So he plays a central defensive mid. Do you think we roll out you know that four two three one that the vision that Heath has, or I don't think you have to. Yeah. So, uh, well, so, so let me let me say this. I'm not going to say that no, we don't roll out a four two three one yeah. because the motivations which will cause Heath to choose to do that are unknown to me. I don't know. But what I can say is, you could play him in a four two three one. Or let, let me say this. You could play a number six, a dedicated defensive midfielder in a four two three one, or you could <coughs> play it in a three five two. In fact, three five two would be wonderful. The other central midfield roles are spoken for with Ibsen and Schuler. We can talk about whether Ibsen should continue to do that, but whatever. Sure. It clearly yeah. is not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. So there's clearly a spot for him in a number of formations. So I don't think his arrival on the scene changes anything. Um, what does change things is the fucking alchemy of whatever Adrian Heath is thinking. It's not going to change because now he has a number six sure. at his disposal. And, and to be fair, like he has a six. He has Maximiano. Maximiano's a six. That's and Colin, that is, Colin Warner. At least yeah. Least ostensibly. <clears throat> so, Colin Warren is, I mean, Colin Warren is, is, a, is playing a six because I think he has to. Like, Maximiano is a true number six. Maximiano is not getting forward like Colin Warner gets forward. Um, I think Colin Warner gets forward because he doesn't realize his own skill set. <laughs> he, he's That's a number six trapped in a number eight's body. Like, he's a, he's well, he, a six. He's a, he's a six. He's a six body trapped with a number eight's head. Maybe maybe yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, he's he thinks he can maraud forward, um, but he's truly yeah where he should be playing as a number six. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't so he's, think. Anyways, he's had the option. <laughs> yes. That's not impacted his formation. Yeah, I don't think anything will change. I mean, other than maybe we have someone who can actually help mop up defensively. We, we, you know, you specifically, but we preach generally like defense starts in midfield, and and you know this team has has you know continued to address nothing but 
you know their the the, the attack and the, and the you know the front three um, with you know the correct players for a system. So you know we'll see. He's thirty. I think he's what thirty one years old, thirty years old. So he's not like he's you know you know young. He's long in the tooth. Fuck uh, you. I'm thirty two. <clears throat> I'm thirty six. So. You got some long teeth. Yeah, I got too. some very long teeth. Um, so yeah, so we'll see. I mean, he hasn't played more than fourteen games in a season for the last like five or six years. So apparently, this is the, the hot take or the, uh, the the glass half full. Uh, Bruce McGuire tweet basically was like, "Yeah, he hasn't played more than fourteen games in a season in like six years." It's like he's so he's got some he's got some some uh, gas left in the engine. So fresh legs, <laughs> fresh legs. Um. So all right. Uh, uh, Zoe started us asked, not a question per se, but please give me one reason why I should still be optimistic about our team for the remainder of the season. What do you got for for uh, for Zoe? Um, man, I love how you pitched that to me. Like it's fucking my responsibility to mm. fix this. So, um, I'll say something. I mean, I can, I can, I can go first. I've, if you I've want got me to. thoughts. Okay, you, go yeah, for it. Okay, so first of all, the stuff that is going to happen next year can start now. There's no reason that it can. So, you know, the, the us finding a 3-5-2, we, we were dead in the water in the playoff race before we made uh, that transition and, and went through a run, albeit home games, but went through a run where we climbed our way back into that conversation. I'm not saying we're going to climb our way back into playoff conversation, but no. there can be tactical changes or a guy who emerges or whatever that we say that is a foundation that we can build on. So if you're thinking tactically, those things can still happen, and I would get excited about it. We still have the opportunity to see who can Romario Ibarra become. Can he be consistent? Can he can he be a 90 minutes guy? Where does he fit into a formation if he's not genuinely a wing back? But we kind of have had a lot of success with a 3-5-2, or is it yeah. just as a super sub? Yeah, maybe it is. I have no idea. You know, can Dunlady get minutes? So tactically, there's there's stuff out there to always get excited about because it doesn't stop at the end of the season. In terms of intangibles, I can give you some other things. Um, we've got two great TFOs coming up. Uh, the Portland TFO <laughs> is going to be <clears throat> incredible. Uh, the LA TFO, we haven't figured that out yet, but it's probably going to be good. Um, so, so there's f- that along with the other things that we do as a game day atmosphere. There's always a reason to... If you watch a bad movie, you don't be like, why the fuck do I go see movies anyway? You know, like it's you went and you saw a movie and it was good or it wasn't good, but the experience itself was was good generally. Yeah. And you like grabbing food, you like being with friends and all that kind of stuff. Like that's there. Yeah. That's never stopped. So when we talk about being excited for the team, I've given reasons why I think it's still interesting to watch them on the field, but there's never a reason to stop supporting the team because if nothing else, it's a fun fucking place to be. Yeah, I mean, I would I would echo that. <clears throat> I mean, obviously the you know we're heavily involved in the dark clubs, but any supporters group, um, there's you know there's or not really cool people. Uh, yeah, I mean, just, yeah, go to a just go to a watch party, whether it's you know put on by a supporters group or or you know by uh by the team or literally like you know I would go I can I I'll go to a bar and watch you know watch a soccer match and like, I'll you know ask the bartender to put the game on and someone will start watching it with me and like that person I'll have a conversation with that person like yeah. find out you know what they're what that what, what they love about stops, no and so it's I mean, your team is. And specifically with this team you know obviously there's you know the TFO is, is always fantastic um, you know we're doing a lot of the specifically the supporters groups is doing a lot of other really cool stuff that's not just you know not just game day related stuff it's all the stuff behind the scenes to get us ready for mm-hmm. next year um obviously Allianz, like that's a reason to stay uh, optimistic because 
you know, well, I for think the rest of the season yeah, was her question. Yeah, but then, you know, for the rest of the season, I you know, you know, presuming that Darwin Cotero is is not out for the rest of the season, he's been uh he's been a revelation in terms yeah. of a signing and in terms of a DP signing, and you know, you know, as much as you know, Watch we may we may despise Angel Rodriguez because he's you know quote unquote replaced Ramirez, like you know, I think we it it behooves Minnesota soccer fans. And here's the thing, Minnesota soccer fans weren't necessarily right behind. Uh, Christian Ramirez when he came in because we had just we have we had Pablo Campos who was you yeah. know the best goal scorer of the year the year before mm-hmm. like Ramirez we didn't expect to, him to even see the field other than maybe some open cup matches and mm-hmm. some friendlies and stuff like that Campos goes down Ramirez steps in so who's to say Rodriguez mm-hmm. can't be that? who's to say Rodriguez yeah Rodriguez can't be a, a a great player for Minnesota I mean obviously we're we're very much uh, we have you know ties to Ramirez and all that but I think it's important um, you know we have a lot of we. And you know we have you know to echo <laughs> to echo Heath like Molino and Molino and Finlay like we lost those guys early in the season mm-hmm. you know they're looks like they're coming back pretty fit Finlay's you know mm-hmm. running around out there you know we're, this team's not going to be for lack of attacking talent next year so I think mm-hmm. sort of seeing what we have in, in terms of developing attacking talent for the rest of the year like that's going to give us that's going to give us a lot of, of opportunity whether it's like trades in the off season. Um, or, or just general, um, just having a bl- like, you know, plethora of options mm-hmm. for the attack next year. So, seeing what you know, what Dunlady can do, what Toy can do, those are all reasons to, to you know, stay optimistic for the remainder of the season. Mostly to just unveil those kick-ass tifos, though. That's more, it. more importantly, that's a big thing. <clears throat> uh, finally, F sharp, A sharp asks: Is getting Bob at this point in the season a positive thing for the future? Should I be scared they will say he is our only solution to D mid and he'll be our six in 2019 and beyond? It, it, this feels like a loaded question. I'm sure. sorry if I'm putting words in that words in a mouth, uh, meaning uh, in a in mouth. I don't Dan's, know. In but, Dan's mouth. Yeah, but this seems like it's it's already comes from a place of negativity. So look, I'm not looking at this guy having played as few matches as he has and not having played for a year or so professionally here and saying this guy is clearly the solution. But I do like. Are you scared that they're going to say he's the solution to the D-mid and that he's going to be our number six in 2019? I don't think anybody, including the front office, would say this is going to be our our number six for 2019 and beyond. They're going to see how he plays. Sure. That's yeah. it. And they're not going to say right now, like, God damn it, whatever happens, this guy's going to be our fucking D-mid. Like, this is not how it works. So, <clears throat> like, he's going to play, hopefully, once he gets up to speed, and he'll be good or he'll be bad. Yeah. I'm neutral about those feelings. I wish they would have found a better one. Of course, and or, I, or at least I wish they would have found an obviously better one. Sure, but who? The ones they find that they think are fucking diamonds in the rough <laughs> are shit, or so they get maybe, concussed. Yeah, so so who knows? Maybe this yeah. maybe this guy's actually great. So yeah, so I mean to answer that question, you know, <clears throat> who knows? Like I think you know he. So Fernando Bob is is Brazilian, speaks Portuguese. Maximiano is younger. Um, we have an option to buy Maximiano, um, who also speaks Portuguese. Maybe they seem. Fernando Bob as more of a sort of a mentor. Maybe he's has the reins for a year. You know, they let Maximiano, you know, get some reps, grow a little bit. That's maybe point. that's maybe that is their th- sort of their thinking. Um, so maybe he's not the you know the be all end all result. You know, obviously we Sam Cronin was great for us last year in that role, and and we everybody was sort of expecting him to be back. You know, even though he had suffered the concussions towards the end of the year, he just hasn't been. You know, obviously, you know, and God, you know. Thank God that Cronin's not coming back and, and putting him like his like his life in danger with you know, yeah. playing soccer. You know, if you have a concussion, you need to take the time to make sure that you are correct. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it's 
it, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a crapshoot. It's hit and miss. You know, you don't necessarily know. Yeah. And like I said, maybe, maybe that this is their, their, their vision is that they think Maximiano is the, is the guy for the future. He is younger. He's, I think, only twenty three or twenty four. Mm-hmm. And if you're twenty three or twenty four, you maybe just need someone else to help you sort of mentor you into that role. You could be a, a, a really good six for you know five six years after, mm-hmm. after that. And so maybe, maybe you know, Bob is a stopgap, and maybe he's a great stopgap. Maybe he's not. Well, right. no. We, I, we, I don't think anybody has actually seen what the contract is, how long he's signed for, if it's if he signed for, you know, the entire year for eighteen months. Who knows? So, I mean, I don't think we'd want to jump to any conclusions about no. like about that. And I think, you know, if this team has said anything that you know, with at least with the, the Tremina of Ramirez and all that, is that they're always looking for a different player at a role. So. Who knows yeah, if they're you know looking well, for a better a better it, player? If there's any positive thing about this, they saw that they needed a number six. Sure, they went on and got one. I mean, you know, wish they, I wish they would have gotten <laughs> 18 months later, but eventually they got it. So they got it. Well, well yeah. don't, don't say that because they went on and got Max Miano here in the offseason. They saw the need. True, he didn't. He hasn't gotten he enough was, time yes, nor turned right. out to he, be as good. As he was coming off an of injury. It was it was a. Anyways, yes, you're they, right. You we, you are correct. We see they see the need, and that's a positive yes. thing. Yes. All right. Least, so yeah. Um, let's wrap this up, guys. Sure, Damn, sure. Just, I'm just all right, sad. you can That's always find us is. at davesiknow.com. Uh, email us questions at the davesiknowmn at gmail.com. Um, you can find us at tdikmn on the Twitters. Uh, I'm going to be at Town Hall or Townhouse, which will be former the future Blackheart Bar uh, on Saturday for the watch party. Um, that's West Burdine's new bar, so you can come say hey to me. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Texas Zeller. You can find Martin at Regular David. Uh, yeah, man, that was, a, that was a good one. Good podcast. Let's call it. Uh, we are the Daves. You know, this has been the Daves. I know. Thanks for listening. Land here become feet, con. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all. Nah, yo, I can't do nothing at all. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.